I'm pulling away from the curb. We all know what that means. Well, it means I dropped my son off at college, but it's my drive to work. Okay, guys, so today's topic, I'm going to go back to the early days of magic. We're talking like the 90s, uh, and I'm going to talk about advertising, but early early advertising for magic. That's my topic today. Um, I'm going to sort of walk through, talk a little bit behind the scenes, and talk through some of the ads and the thought process of the ads and how it evolved over time. Um, now, I do want to stress, by the way, that currently, our current, our, our current marketing team is amazing. We're doing really cool ads. Um, this is me diving back into the past and talking about sort of early magic advertising. Okay, so magic, just refresh everybody's memory. Magic comes out in the summer of 1993, in August, basically, at Gen Con. Um, and then starts out. So Alpha comes out. They print enough for six, what they thought was six months. And they sell out in three weeks. So they make beta, what they now think really, really is six months, and it sells out in a week. Um, and for the first roughly two years of Magic, they are fighting to print enough. It's not until Fallen Empires in 1994, the end of 1994, um, that they're able to print enough to meet demand. Uh, so it's, it's a good little over a year and a half where, you know, they just... They can't print enough. They can't, they can't meet demand. So in a world where you can't meet demand, advertising is not super important. Advertising is very, very important for getting people to buy your product that might not buy your product or might not be aware of your product. Um, but when you're struggling to just sell, to sell, you know, you're, str- sorry, not struggling. You're, you're not struggling. You're selling every single thing you print. Um, advertising, less crucial. Um, so there is advertising in early magic, mostly... It's what we'll call print advertising. I mean, it's mostly in magazines. Um, the internet, the internet as we know it, sort of the, the World Wide Web was pretty young at that point. And like, the we would do um, digital advertising and, and maybe we did a little tiny bit early on, but it wasn't, when Magic first started, it, it wasn't quite what it is today or nowhere near what it is today. Um, okay, so the, the real early Magic um, is... Very, very basic. Um, most of the advertising early magic is sort of like there's a new expansion coming out. Here's the expansion. You know, show the logo. Uh, there's a habit they had in the early days where they would show cards from the upcoming expansion, but they would blank out the cards so there'd be no text on the cards. So all you would see is uh, the frame with art in frame. Um, and uh, so they would sort of hint at things that were coming but not show you. Um, so... That's sort of the earliest phase of magic advertising. Very simple. There's not a lot to do. It's mostly in magazines. uh, And it's mostly like the new sets coming out. Um, There is a little bit about magic in general, especially early, the very, very early ads are sort of like we exist. Magic exists. But once magic sort of becomes a phenomenon, they stop worrying about this is what magic is. And it's more about here's the next thing. Um, Mostly to try to encourage people who already play magic to be aware of what the next thing is. Um, Okay, then we get to the next phase. Um, So interestingly, the first phase, and I start working at Wizards, uh, I start freelancing in 94 and working full-time in 95, October of 95. Um, And so I was there as, as sort of the second wave maybe of advertising starts to happen. Um, So the idea now is magic is still doing very well, but 
they're, they're meeting demand. They can print enough. So now advertising starts to mean something. Um, uh, and when I get there, so um, back in those days, Magic had what was called a brand team. Um, and the brand team was separate. R&D, uh, early Wizards was very, uh, the way the, the business was put up was there were different teams that did different work. Uh, so R&D was its own team. The brand team was its own team. Now, the way Magic is structured, or Wizards is structured, is it's built around a product. So there is a Magic tabletop team. Studio X is what we're called. Um, so the idea is all the people that make tabletop magic all work in the same section and report up through, like Bill Rose is the VP of, of um, trading card games, or at least tabletop trading card games. And so... Um, as you'll see, it, having all the product report up through the same people will be important. We'll get to that in a second. Anyway, so uh, in the early days, uh, advertising started as being an extension of the brand team. Um, it would get back to that. Anyway, sorry, jumping ahead of myself. Um, okay, so when I first got there, there was a member of the brand team that did marketing. And we're starting to get to the point where they're trying to like have a little pizzazz. Um, like the early magic ads that were showing off uh, products weren't trying to be clever. It's just like logo. Maybe there'd be a sentence about what the set's about, but it was mostly sort of just here's the new set. Um, now, advertising for magic has always been set centered, although, as I will get into in a bit, um, we do start doing some campaigns about magic as a whole. Um, but this early on, it's more, it's still about, hey, the upcoming sets are coming up. Um, so my stories about this early days is, so R&D at the time, um, there were two departments that were sort of thought of as having the pulse of the players. One was customer service, who got all the calls from everybody, and one was R&D, because we all like were magic players. I mean, we, all of us, or most, most of us that weren't alpha playtesters had started as magic players and then had come to work at Wizards. Um, so a lot of times people would come to us to sort of get a sense of, hey, what, what, what would Magic players think of this? And the other thing I should point out is that the, when Wizards started, um, it was a young company. And a lot of the way it grew in the early days was literally like friends of friends, you know, like they were, they were so desperate to, to hire people that like, oh, I know somebody, you know. And so a lot of the early days of Magic... Um, there were a lot of very smart people and a lot of very dedicated people, um, but it wasn't, it was not very corporate yet in the sense that there were people in roles that, you know, probably weren't, like, later on, Wizard got a little bit more corporate. We would hire people who had a training in that thing, and this is what I've done. And, and the early days, there were people who were definitely doing jobs that didn't have as much training as later on would have. Um, so, for example... Um, I'll tell two stories of super early magic. Um, so uh, basically, the, the marketing person at the time would pull in R&D members to get their opinion on stuff. I, personally, I don't think they actually wanted criticism as much as they wanted us to say we liked it, but they would pull us in. The first ad I ever looked at, so the first set I ever worked on was Alliances. Um, and it was an ad for Alliances. Now, uh, I studied communications in college. Uh, I, I focused on broadca broadcast and film was the name of my major, but mostly that meant like entertainment. 
Um, but there were other sections in the communication school, one of which was um, PR and advertising. And so I had to take advertising classes. So I'm not, by no stretch of the imagination, am I any expert in marketing. But I, I had a little bit of a background. Um, so anyway, I remember we got pulled in for an ad. It, it was uh, an alliances ad. And they're like, what do you think? Uh, and my note at the time was, um, how are they going to know it's alliances? Because they hadn't put any... It did, the Alliances logo wasn't in it. it. The word Alliances wasn't in the ad. I'm like, how do they know this is Alliances? And they, they just had forgotten to put in the logos. Just to give you kind of an idea of early, early uh, brand people. The other one that I remember is, okay, it was fifth edition. And uh, R&D had decided that Sarah Angel was too good. I, I know, I, I did not agree at the time. But um, in fact, in Unglue 2, I made a car called K Sarah Sarah in which it was a Sarah Angel, but every upkeep you had to say, oh, this is too good. I just mean making fun of, of you know, anyway. uh, Sarah Angel was coming out, so I was too good. Uh, and, but Hurlum Minister, so early, the early days of Magic, um, Wizards, there were a couple cards that Wizards as a company got really attached to. One of them is Hurlum Minotaur. So for example, um, in the early days, Wizards sold these jean jackets and you can get Nightmare or you could get, I don't know who else you, I, I got a Nightmare jacket. But anyway, um, there was one jacket that's only for employees. It had a Hurlun Minotaur on it. So I started working for Wizards. I got the Hurlun Minotaur jacket. Um, so I think Wizards, I mean, Hurlun Minotaur, the, the art was awesome. Anson Maddox did the art. The card, you know, one red red for two, three, it was nothing special. Even, even back in the day where creatures were weaker, it was nothing special. Um, and the players, I mean, once again, the players liked the art, but the, the card wasn't popular because it just wasn't good. Sarah Angel was popular. Sarah Angel was good. Um, so they had an ad they made and it was a letter from Sarah Angel to the Hurlin Minotaur. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but if something like, Hey, Hurley, it's Sarah. I had to go away for a while, but I hope you hold down the fort and, you know, make sure you, I don't know, show them who's who or whatever. And so they said, what do you think of this? And I'm like, well, let, let me give you a, you know, a player's opinion of this. So Sarah Angel, pretty powerful card, has been in tournament decks. So you're saying, hey, 5th edition, you know that powerful card you really like? Yeah, that's not here. Well, you know that weak card that you've never really enjoyed? Well, don't worry, it's staying. And I'm like, I, I don't think they did that ad. Maybe they did, maybe they redid it. But anyway, um, so one of the, the traits that in, in early Magic, the really early advertising is the marketing people did not have a great understanding of our player base. Um, okay, so what happened next is Wizards grows a little bit, and so they decide that they want to have a true marketing team rather than just have a person on the brand team that does marketing. So they, they make a whole marketing team that's now, and this is important, not, it has its own report structure, meaning the people that, the, the people that are doing the advertising are reporting up through a different chain that's not magic. Um, so at this phase, what starts happening is they start hiring people that are actual um, ad people, people that have more of an actual history of doing ads. Um, the problem is that the people they hire are not giant fans of magic. And I'll be honest, I, one of the ongoing complaints we had behind the scenes was that we felt they were a little bit disdainful of magic players. I will give some examples. So uh, early on, so Friday Night Magic is now an established thing. Uh, but when we first started trying to promote Friday Night Magic, might have called be called Arena at the time. That was the name. I know Arena is now the uh, online game, but at the time, um, 
It was what we called the in-store play. I think we had Friday Night Magic and then Arena was an ongoing thing that sometimes you played at Friday Night Magic. Anyway, we were doing an ad for Friday Night Magic. Uh, and the ad campaign was nothing better to do on a Friday night. And literally, one of the ads, there's like four ads. It's all people like bored. They don't, you know, and one of them is a the guy like laying on his bed picking lint out of his belly button. And I remember R&D, we were like, okay, what, what, what's this ad campaign? Hey, is there absolutely nothing better you can do? You're at your bottom level of choices. There's nothing left out there. Well, I guess if there's nothing else to do, maybe you could play Magic. Like, what is this? What kind of campaign is this? Like, you know, like the whole idea of advertising is, hey, you know, some people love this and let's tap into people who love this. Um, uh, another one that was similar, that, that just sort of demonstrates kind of the attitude. Um, they had a campaign that was called The Geek Billionaire Lifestyle. Uh, and the idea was, it was, hey, play magic and then you can become rich. Like, one of the ads had a guy in a hot tub um, with a lady, and, like, it's in the hot air... The hot tub's in a hot air balloon. And then another ad, he's water skiing, but he's being pulled by, like, an old Russian sub. Um, and the, the idea of, like, well, you know... I, I don't know. They, they were like, well, we're trying to show that, hey, there's a, positive attitudes of playing magic. But, like, I, I don't... I mean... I feel like the geek, like, like, I don't know. We were like, you have to, like, call our players geeks? Is that something that's important? You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't, like, reclaiming the word geek in a, in a positive, I don't know. Um, so there was a lot of, that era definitely had a lot of ads. And, and what starts happening during this era is um, you start to see some larger pushes. You start to see campaigns, true campaigns. So in, in advertising, um, the idea of a campaign is it's something you usually have a tagline or a slogan, and it shows up in multiple places, maybe using different kinds of media, and the idea is that you're reinforcing some theme. Um, now, this, this team, stress, I, I, this era of advertising, it wasn't that the people doing it weren't, weren't bad advertisers. Um, for example... I will, I'll, I'll tell my favorite ad that they did, which I thought was a really, really clever ad. So they, they did suit this era. There was some ads that were really good, but there are also some cringy ads like I'm talking about. Um, we even had one ad that they printed that we were like, some of us were so mad. We had like, we couldn't believe they, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to re repeat it, but um, it was a ad for Valentine's Day that was super inappropriate. Uh, and we, we literally, were, we had to go to brand, brand had to make some rules. Like anyway, um, Okay, the ad that I really liked, the ad that I thought was, like, really, really clever, um, was we were in... This is when Tempest came out. We were introducing pre-constructed decks. Um, so one of the big barriers to entry is, hey, learning magic is hard, and making a deck is hard. So we said, okay, maybe one of the ways we can make magic a little easier is we can make pre-made decks, pre-constructed decks. Um, so Tempest was the first set that had them. So they wanted to put an ad out that was sort of selling the pre-constructed decks. Um... So the ad, uh, so it shows the pizza delivery guy, and he has a pizza box, and he's opened up the pizza box, and inside are all the ingredients to pizza. Like, it's a can of tomato sauce, and it's a wedge of cheese, and it's um, maybe a glob of dough. Like it, It's all the pieces you would make, like, but, but separated out. And the ad slogan, what the ad said, um, 
sometimes, uh, uh, the ad was, um, uh, when you don't want to do it yourself, or sometimes you don't want to do it yourself. Um, and, I, and I thought that was a super clever ad. So let me, so the, the thing at the time, I talked about how this was a different group that didn't report on magic. So the way they had it set up was they, were, they would come to the magic team. The magic team was a client, and they, would, they had to pitch some number of, of ideas for the campaign. And it was like four or five. And then the brand team got to pick which one they wanted to use, and they give notes on it. Um, but the brand team could only pick one of the ones they made. So one of the ways they sort of game the system is they would make an ad campaign that they liked, and then they would make four other ads that just weren't that good. And they would show them, like, one ad was, you know, I mean, far better than the other ads. And so the brand team was like, okay, I guess I'll take the ad that's the decent ad versus the not good ads. Um, but they didn't have a lot to say early on. Um, and so... And the other thing that would happen during this time period is we sometimes got ads that, like, they weren't always offensive. Sometimes they were just oblique. Like, one of the ad campaigns I remember is it was for Onslaught, the introduction of Morph. And the idea is um, things can be more dangerous than they seem or something like that. And it would show, like, a teddy bear, an innocent thing. And there would be an x-ray on the teddy bear, and inside was, like, a knife or, you know, the idea that this innocent-looking thing inside had something dangerous. And it was trying to convey, like, hey, we've got this new mechanic, and you don't know what it is because it's face down, but it was a little bit esoteric, and people didn't quite get... I mean, it was, it was a little more edgy. Definitely that group, they were advertising people that were trying to do stuff that was, you know, a, a little more splashy in advertising, but I, I think one of the problems is they didn't have a great connection to the audience, and I think they didn't, they didn't really key into why our players loved the product. Um, now, another thing that started happening during that era, um, at the tail end of that era, is the idea of starting to go out and using um, external ad companies. Um, and we started to get in the era of the TV commercial. So I should stress, early magic, um, there wasn't, we didn't do TV commercials early on. Most of those TV commercials are expensive, and it, d- it didn't, in the very early days, it wasn't needed. And later on, it just was a lot cheaper to do print. So we mostly did print. Um, but eventually we start getting to TV. Um, so for instance, a little bit, bit of trivia, um, Magic the Gathering was one of the sponsors, one of the very first sponsors of South Park. Uh, uh, and I think one of our earliest ads ran during South Park. By the way, there's a little like 10 second clip that the South Park people made for Magic. Um, but then we would make an ad. So the, the first sort of big push, big ad that we did um, it, uh, what was the name? I think the ad was called Entertainment. Uh, and it had like this music and it showed lots of people and very shadowed lit, lit things and like, oh, you know, what goes for entertainment these days? And some of us, we play magic. And then like it gets bright and they're playing magic. And, um, but anyway, it introduces uh, the first, what I consider major, like really campaign slogan of magic which is all you need is a, a brain, a deck, and a friend. Um, and at this point, Portal was kind of our entry level. So our first big ad campaign went with the creation of Portal. Portal was our first, I mean, we did the Arc system before that, but Portal was our first really big push to try to get new people in. And so there was a lot of advertising. Like, we finally had the budget for advertising to do TV advertising. That's why TV starts. Um, and... Uh, we at the time, like we, um, we had a van that would drive around. Um, they would go to events. 
Uh, it would go to events around the country. I, I remember there was an event here, one of the uh, local music events, and I remember going to it, and we would teach people how to play Portal. You know, there was music going on, but like there'd be booths set up, and we'd be a booth teaching people how to play. I actually still have my shirt from that event. Uh, all you need is a brain dick. It's 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 old. It, it's shown its wear, but I, I still have that, that shirt. Um, and th- this is the start of trying to get a little bit more of like, you know, adverti- advertising has a big sort of idea of creating attitude. Like, like you want people to associate your product with a feeling, right? Um, so now we're starting to get into um, getting a little bit more of a, a, a tone. Um, so the response to that ad, um, it, it was a little, I, I think the, the player base, I, I don't know, I think they were happy to see magic on TV, um, but it didn't really capture the tone. And so at some point here, the magic brand gets control of the marketing. So it's no longer a separate team. Um, and a, a lot of what the brand team does is they use external partners, uh, um, we have internal marketing people and they do a lot of work, but they work in conjunction with external um, ad, ad agencies. Um, so the next big one, um, which is one of my favorite series of commercials, this is, this is like 99, I think. Um, so the idea of these commercials, they were meant to be more humorous and uh, they showed the, R, like, like here at the Wizards headquarters and they show like R and D as if we were like a bunch of like scientists working on inventions. Uh, as, as if, as if we're making the ma- you know, the magic creatures and things, not not just a card game, um, and so th- it would always open up with this external shot of it would say um, like Magic the Coast Research and Development. It actually, that sign was in R and D for many years, um, and you would see like people walking around, and there's like uh, there's like a guy in a um, Viking helmet, and anyway, then you would cut inside, and you would see. Um, people in like lab coats playing magic. One of which, by the way, was Brian Selden, the world, the 1998 world champion. So these probably were 99. Um, he was one of the scientists. Has a little, a little like fun, I don't know, uh, Easter egg. Um, and then, so I will go through. This. So they did four ads. Um, I liked the first two they did better than the second two they did, but all, all four of them were cute. Um, okay, so the first one. Um, was called, I think it was officially called Bob versus Org, um, but everybody now refers to it as Bob from Accounting. So the way it worked was um, the scientists are like, okay, uh, get the Raging Goblin and the Org. And they, what, the Raging Goblin is sick? Okay, uh, get Bob from Accounting. And so you then see this like steel room, this big door opens up, and Bob from Accounting walks in. And Bob is just, he's got some folders and like obviously he, he's in a comedy dress in a suit. And then there's a, another door on the opposite side. It opens up and then Org steps out who's like, Org's like 12 feet tall, this giant mutated goblin. If you guys ever seen the cart Org. Uh, and then Bob like screams and throws papers everywhere. And then you cut to the scientist sort of watching from up in a, a, a glass um, thing. And you see Bob like fly up and hit the glass. And they go, round one goes to the org. Um, so interesting, they did a couple different shots. One of the shots they did, we didn't end up using, is a splatter of blood comes across it. They decided that, that, that didn't, they didn't quite match the humorous tone they were going for, or it was a little darker than they wanted. Um, the next one was called Fluffy Bunny. Um, so what they did there is, 
uh, they, they talk about how they're doing experiments and they have this machine and they put in a wrestler who's holding in one hand a chainsaw and in the other hand a, a, like a bunny, like a cute little bunny. And then the machine goes on and when they open it up, out comes Kesedrix. If you guys don't remember Kesedrix, Kesedrix is like this crazed purple bunny card. It's like this monster, but he's a bunny. Um, I think what happened was we gave the advertising people all the magic cards and they just liked this image. Um, and... And then, oh, the end of the commercial is that they're saying, but not all our experiments go quite so well. And the, the elevator dings and out comes the mail boy, but he's a poodle, um, who we called Poodle Boy. Um, and he's delivering the mail. So actually, by the way, when I made Unglued 2, Bob from Accounting and Poodle Boy were both cards. And I've actually done articles where I've shown the art. So we actually have art for those two. We, we talked about later doing them, but like no one knows the commercials, so it was past the point. Um, but anyway, in my heart, I like Bob from Accounting and Poodle Boy. Um, so the, 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 then was a second series of commercials. Um, one was called the mailbox where, um, there is a little raging goblin and, um, the players are, uh, the players are at home and they're, they're, they're not showing respect to the raging goblin. And then he knocks on the door. It's the raging goblin. And then he hands him a card and it's giant growth. And then he grows bigger. And then he throws one of the, the players into the table. Um, and then the other one, which was, I think was the funnier of the two, uh, was we're doing a focus, a focus test where, you know, um, we'd normally do these where like R and D watches through two way glass, but here it's the scientists, obviously. Uh, and there's two players playing and this one kid has a choice between playing a rocks and some wimpy blue card. Uh, and then you, the rocks is actually one of the people watching behind the two way glass and the kid plays the blue card rather than the rocks. And the rocks like gets all mad and breaks through the glass, uh, and then the, la- the last shot like he's he's playing with the k- the kid. He's making him play his card. Um, anyway, this series of ads were a lot more fun. They were funny, you know. They were definitely um, uh, I enjoyed them, and they were a lighter tone. And they actually showed the cards. They're, they're, oh, the other thing that happened during the period of the, the the group that didn't really have great respect for magic players also didn't like magic cards. Like, early Magic showed Magic cards. And then we got to this rage where they, they were embarrassed to show Magic cards. And we're like, but that's the product. Like, like, you can't be embarrassed of the product. It's a product. People who buy the product like the product. And anyway, that was symptomatic at that time. Um, but in, it was nice in the commercial that you would see the, you would see the product and the actual creatures and stuff. Um, um, the next big push advertising, and this is probably the last one I'll talk about because I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of time, um, was trying to sort of reconfigure and like how do we make you the magic player feel that you're how are you part of the game what is your entry level who are you um so the next ad campaign was called you are a planeswalker um and it was the idea there was it was trying to do sort of a lifestyle approach of sort of like empowering you the player um now interesting little side note is uh the planeswalker symbol that we all know and love um, got made for this ad campaign. That's what it got made for. Um, the, brad, the, brand ta- the brand team at the time had looked at other brands and really liked the idea that there was like, symbology that other brands had, that you could have a shirt, and that you, know, you would know that's the brand, and somebody else who knew the brand would know it. You know, if you're a Magic player and you see the Planeswalker symbol, you know it's a Planeswalker symbol, but people not to know might not know. They thought that was cool. And so part of You Are a Planeswalker introduced um, the Planeswalker symbol. Um, and I, at this point, we're, we're starting to get into the, like, the early 2000s. Um, 
we once again, I, I think um, early magic, a lot of it was trying to find her feet. Um, you know, a lot of early, a lot of early magic was trying to understand how best, you know, to do things. Um, uh, and, and there was a lot of early stuff, you know, um, presenting 1,447 ways to die or um, when you, uh, what else? Like uh, simple strategies, infinite possibilities. Uh, there were definitely some early ads that were more about like trying to get a sense of what magic was. Um, oh, one of the funny things, when we first started advertising Magic uh, Origins, um, or I'm sorry, Magic, not Magic Origins, uh, Magic Online. We first started Magic Online. Uh, one of the campaigns they were joking about doing uh, which was a throwback to uh, uh, all you need is a brain, a deck, and a friend, was no brain, I'm sorry, uh, no deck, no friend, no problem. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's it was interesting. A lot of early Magic was trying to understand like what kind of advertising did Magic want. Um, and eventually what we realized was that like the best advertising Magic does a couple things. One is it acknowledges what's awesome about Magic rather than being embarrassed about Magic or... Like, it really embraced, like, hey, there's, Magic's a really fun game, and, and, you know, there's a lot of fun things you can do with it, and there's all these possibilities, and um, it really said, you know, what's, what's going to be cool? Why would you want this thing? So, even now, we tend to do two different types of ads. There's product ads where you're selling a specific product, and that is more about getting the tone of that particular product. And then there's, I don't know what they call them, lifestyle ads, like, things in which it's a, more about the feel of the product as a whole. Um, now... As we've gotten better at magic long term, like sort of more modern day, those have be, they, they've found a way to do both at the same time. Early magic tend to do one or the other. But nowadays, like while we're telling you what the newest thing is, we're also kind of imbuing what makes magic awesome all in one. Um, but anyway, the other thing I want to point out is a lot of these ads that I'm talking about, uh, the entertainment ad for Portal, uh, called Entertainment, um, Fluffy Bunny, uh, Bob from Accounting, or Bob versus Org, the Mailbox, I'm not sure what the... Uh, the Rocks one is called. Um, all those are online. If you want to see those commercials, you can actually see those commercials. Um, a lot of the print stuff I'm talking about is a little harder to see. Um, I'm not exactly sure where, where one finds um, got n- nothing better to do on a Friday night, but um, it's, it's indelible in my memory. It's something that I, I did not like. Anyway, guys, um, so most of today was just sort of giving a little hint for people that might be, you know, that are. For those of you that did not play Magic in the 90s, a little hinting of some early advertising. And for those that did, ah, remember this, remember that. So anyway, guys, I'm now here at work. Uh, so we all know what that means. It means the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking Magic, it's time for me to be making Magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.